Yes, welcome to Black Up Lips Podcast Media with the lovely Laverne Major, although I still prefer Mayor. And we have, I want to say this correctly, is it? How are you doing? How are you? I'm good. It's Quay. Is it Quay? Everywhere else in the world, it's Quay. Everywhere else in the world is pronounced Key, but Yeah, we say Key. Like, obviously in England, we say Key or in the UK, but uh, Quay Bowen. Bowen, yeah. Or Bowen now. Oh, really? I wouldn't even. Okay. All right, my son's still trying to like mess with the camera. You can stop now. Hey, Bowen, sorry. It's nice very unique. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, so hi guys. I'm so sorry that I can't join in through video. Oh, um, we've been having technology just hate us the past week. Son's uh, laptop died. My laptop died, and now my old desktop decided the compu- uh, camera doesn't work. <laughs> okay. Okay. No problem. It's all good. Um, actually, you could probably put a picture there. To be fair. Um, Technology. I mean, it's not not important now. Don't worry about it. But hopefully, if there's a second part two to this, you could um. Put yeah. Well, by, or by the new we'll computers. Yeah, I was say, <laughs> we'll we'll have computers next week. By then. Oh yeah. Anyway, so today we want to talk about uh, adoption. The reason why I got Mrs. Major here because Mrs. Major is how we how do you put it a product of adoption. Product. I've got some experience. Uh, um, yeah, I wasn't adopted. I was fostered, but um, I was almost adopted. So I, I've got some, yeah, some thoughts That's on that. That's history. Yeah. Um, so maybe, Quay, you can start us off and tell us a little bit about yourself and the topic at hand. All right. Okay. So my name's Quay, and I'm from the U.S., actually, Atlanta in U.S., and okay. um, Atlanta, Georgia. And I was in foster care from, I'd say, 13 to about 1920. Uh, And when I say foster care, I use that term loosely. Uh, For the most part, I lived on the streets, like sleeping on buses, sleeping on MARTA. uh, Oh my gosh. MARTA is our transit system. So imagine sleeping like on the trains in in Europe. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's where I slept. Um, I lived in a public library and I had a couple of foster homes. Um, Mm -hmm. None of them worked out well. Um, And part of the reasons that that they didn't work out well is um, they were... For example, the two that I had, uh, nine girls to two bedroom house. Uh, I slept in the basement with spiders crawling on my face. Um, another oh, no, one. like what kind of what kind of um? What is this? Uh, this, is <laughs> this is Atlanta. This is Atlanta. This is Atlanta, story? Georgia. Jesus, <laughs> American horror story, literally. Um, yeah. And it's not special. This is actually how foster care here is, is in the United States. Really? I would love to go out there and see something like this. Come on, um, Wayne. We need to go and we need to, when they let us. We need to go and check this out. Do some panoramas. (laughs) I mean, my story is very, it's like you have two type, three types of foster care experiences in the United States. You have the kids who are fostered, they come in and they're like five, six, maybe three, four, and they're just the cutest little things and everyone wants them. And then they turn five and then they turn 10 and then they start to get 
you know, hormones and acne, and then they're thrown into the other side of foster care, which is group homes and shelters and um, where people don't really, I was told at 13, no one wanted me, uh, that the second I was in foster care, they said, no one wants teenagers, you're either going to end up in a group home, a mental hospital, or a, uh, or jail. Um, you get a group home if you're lucky. I was told that, so I, I can relate to that. I was told that by my social worker when I was 11, that I was 11. being abused. I was being abused. And every time I, we told them, they told us that the option from foster care would be a children's home and we'd be abused. We'd be basically, we wouldn't survive if we went there. <laughs> so stay where you are. Yeah, and you're strong. You're, you're still got your mind. And yeah. basically stay as long as you can. Because it's and basically the grass ain't greener. Imagine being told that. At 11. I don't think I could have handled it at 11. At 13, it was hard enough. I, I don't think at yeah. 11, I would have been was, able to yeah, emotionally was, stomach that. Yeah. But I get it. Like, you know, I, well, I don't want to hear your story. I don't even want to talk about me. I want to hear you. <laughs> oh, I thought we were going to exchange. <laughs> yeah, you're going to um, exchange. You're going to exchange. You're gonna yeah, start, yeah, right? definitely. Yeah, 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 definitely. definitely. This was so weird not being on camera. Okay, so, um, <laughs> so, um, Part of my experience, one of the biggest parts is that in Georgia, at the time, they would not place me in foster homes because the majority of the foster homes are white people. And they mm -hmm. tried misguidedly to keep black children with black parents and white children with white parents and et cetera. Yeah. Now, yeah. I will not, I, I just want to go on record saying I firmly believe that I don't care what race someone is. Mm -hmm. If they're willing to love a child that's not theirs, they should be able to. Like kids, Kids I agree. I agree. This woman's like my twin. Where did you find her, Wayne? <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember. I can't remember. This is crazy. <laughs> like, so, it's mad. But, and like, they're, the, the result of that is there are so many more Black kids in foster care um, that we were all just hanging out in shelters for years and years and years. Um, are you for real? Is that Oh my God, so yes. this is really emotional. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> what? Okay, cool. So, um, now that's a law that's recently changed, but the process hasn't changed because we don't have enough foster black foster parents here in the United States. Um, in the US, we have a really big issue with child removal of ethnic minority communities, um, yeah. especially Native American and especially black. Um, it's- Wait, can um, I just, don't forget what you were gonna say, but you know, when you say there's a problem, <laughs> do you mean that um, the black children basically or children of color are being removed, like just yeah. big, large numbers They're, of children are being- black Native American yeah, okay. children are being removed not because they're yeah, being there's, abused there's a shortage of parents from back after them but you're still going to remove them from the parent yeah they remove them for things like poverty so let's say you're you're a child of a single mom who works three jobs which I was um and your mom works all the time and you're at home alone with your younger sister um they'll take you from that environment and say that's not okay you're a neglected yeah, child and put you with pedophiles yeah I know yes. <laughs> Put you in a shelter, like, and it happens. It's it's exclusively black and native children, almost like they're. You know what's shocking me? Because I'm not shocked about this. It's just weird that it's happened. Like that, it's actually is it happening is across the pond like in America. Like it, this is just it. That's obviously the like. It's it's actually a rich system. part of our history. It's a mm. rich part of our history. Child massive part, and I think what you just said there is so important because there's many people that we don't realize like our previous generation so i'd say who are now in their 50s um yeah. that they, they had a lot of in, in in what you call it um uh interference from the social you know from the authorities in the yeah. 80s and whatnot and there was a lot of dividing of families and 
you know, I'm obviously a product of that as well. Because a lot of my- your favorite rappers are actually foster children, uh, especially from the eighties. Okay. A lot of your, can you hear me? A lot of your no, favorite rappers. No, 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 and I'm not surprised. I'm actually, you know, because it's, you know, it's just, a, I'm just couldn't, I can't believe that America, it's just weird. Because what you're telling me reminds me of England. This is exactly like how it is in Britain. So it's weird that America is exactly the same. Well, it's, it's, um, I'll say it's of two parts. So one thing is the Indian removal, uh, Indian child removal, uh, quote unquote Indians. Um, and they sent those kids to something called the Indian schools to uh, take them away from their culture and destroy the culture out of them and turn them into functional white kids. Um, mm-hmm. For black kids, it was around the same thing. It's starting back from slavery where they would you they had farms. They would farm us like cattle. We'd have mm-hmm. babies and they'd take a, our kids and take them away um, and send them somewhere else. Um, and then that merged into this foster care system dynamic where children of color are just taken routinely away from their parents. I have friends who are white whose parents like made them wear diapers till they were like 14 as punishments. Mm-hmm. You never had a defects call to their family. I had kids who were family Oh friends. yeah. Oh, I saw that. I, I relate with that. Uh, foster care um a lot of my friends from high school were abused by their parents but the teachers removed and I saw a lot of that and uh, do you find that when you've grown up in care you get to see things from both sides Mm -hmm. so you see yourself as okay this is what would because you know you always ask yourself what would happen if you stayed at home do you know what I mean how would your life be and you know when you see children that um don't get taken into care then you can say and they have to stay at home and you see the difference and you just do you know what I mean? You wait. They up do better. Um, this is across, it. Sometimes I feel like I'm lucky. <laughs> I was one of the lucky ones sometimes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, across the board, everyone I know from kids who were, and I don't know, me and my friends would say there was something in the water in the 80s that was making all of our parents just insane. Um, because <laughs> like whether that didn't, like it didn't that. matter where I was, if it was high school and I'm with normal kids, or if I'm in foster care and I'm with like foster kids, it was like parents were beating us, parents were on drugs. It's like, what oh, the heck yeah, didn't matter the race. Um, even my Asian friends used to be like, my parents beat the hell out of me and they don't love me. Like, what was wrong with these people? Yeah, the mental yeah. health was, was no, there was no laws, there was no laws back then against it, and that's why it was a lot more lenient. But now there's a lot of laws, um, you can't hate you know what, Wayne? I remember because I'm my foster parent was extremely strict, old school Jamaican, and they used to beat us and pass us stuff. I'm like, see you there, go for the police. <laughs> you go. <laughs> and so, you know, like when a black person tells you go for the police, you know, on the police, yeah. right? Well, you'll get worse. Any business, they were like, me no business. And we told them before we took you, go in church, and we're old school. So <laughs> it is what it is. But I remember her telling me stories that it was so racist back in the 80s that they had to beat their children to behave so that yeah and also so that they wouldn't misbehave on the street and the police take them off the road and they said it was you know what I mean they needed to like have the kids scared of them so they could keep them under control but Mm. I think they went too far which some parents obviously didn't find a balance and they just pushed their children out of the home completely Mm. a lot of people I like my mother was thrown out of the home for having me but it was very weird because she was a rape baby too I mean she was a she was a rape victim and I was her rape baby and so she's now 15 14 on the streets having to raise her child um but it's like okay you didn't want to follow the rule yeah it's it's um slavery did a lot to black people in America I don't even want to like I can't even deny it the whole concept it's It's normal in America that is yeah um it was 
in the 80s, it was normal for, and I'm not going to just blame it on slavery, because I know a lot of white people whose families just threw them out for being victims. Um, yeah. One of my friend's mom's true, similar you know. story, he's a white guy, his mom was you raped by right. her dad, right. and uh, she got color. pregnant. Yeah, she got pregnant. Um, my friend's mom was raped by her dad, she got pregnant, and she got thrown out of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's I've, a white no, family, I've seen so I can't just I've seen, I've, I've, and I realized I, you know, I didn't have it easy. I'm not going to lie. Did not yeah. have it easy at all. Horrific. When you've been in care, like you've always got horrific stories in it because you see stuff that you ain't yeah. supposed to see, you know, but it's- at the same time, um, I've met people that had it worse and it made me really realize like, you know, there's always someone that's had it worse than you. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. And, I 100% um, believe so. Yeah. And I just thought, wow, it just made me realize how the world is just you know like for kids as well it's not and a nice place like if you have a parent that loves you supports you and wants you to do well like that is a massive blessing and a lot of people don't have it and I think the world doesn't realize how much people don't actually have you know what I, I mean yeah but on the other Solid hand that, that, that logic is like twisted on us especially in foster care when they tell you like it could be worse if you leave here you shouldn't speak up um if does that make sense? Like at shelters and stuff, yeah. they're like, well, you could be in this other place and it's worse. And I'm like, you guys are starving me. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Man. Like, can't tell me to be feel lucky that I'm here and have a roof over my head when y'all are literally refusing to feed me. No, it's, it's serious. It's serious. As a child in care, I found that you had to become an adult ASAP. Yeah. Because what I yeah and the reason being is because I what I saw my experience is that adults were not taught treat me like a child um no and you had to be an adult so the conversation it, and it'd be two sides because of I don't know if they knew that when you grow up you're going to be independent you're going to have to look after yourself I found that they used to just speak to me <laughs> on a level from the get-go so if there were nice people they were speaking to me in a mature way you know what I mean but yeah. in a nice way. But if they were not nice, they would speak to me like I was their age when I was a, a small child. Do you know what I mean? And I'd have to deal oh. with. I'd have do to you protect guys have myself. Dozens from big over people. there. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you yeah, guys yeah. have this this thing called the dozens where like people black people like make fun of each other and it's like jokingly and just friendly? Uh, y'all have that like oh you. Oh, water we don't call it the dozens. What do we call it, Wayne? <laughs> the dozen. What's that? Where we where we roast each other, black people. Would you Isn't say roasting? Dissing? Isn't yeah, just dissing, cussing yeah. each other. So that's what I experienced from almost all of the Black staff members at these group homes. But what they fail to understand is when that happens with your family and your friends, you know, at the end of the day, those those people are hold, coddling you, they're feeding you, they're showing you love in other ways. And that's just na- good nature ripping. But when it's, that's removed and you're just in a group home or a shelter, that's abuse. That's a child who's defenseless, just being made fun of and mocked constantly by adults who don't yeah. understand. The, and the kid doesn't understand the context of it. I didn't know what like the dozens or Jones or dissing was when I was 13. I was just like, why, why does everyone make fun of me everywhere I go? Why don't black people like me? <laughs> See what I mean? How, how so? What's your heritage, Craig? Sorry, because I can't see ya. you. Can't you can't see me. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> African American. Like, okay, don't worry. It's all right. Yeah, um, I am African American. Um, although my story is a little bit unique. Um, my great grandmother is I can't pronounce the name, but she's native. Uh, Sinope or Sinope. Uh, she's native, and she was removed at an Indian school, and she ran away. Um, and she, that's how she ended up with all these black folks and her children are black 
and her grandchildren are black she's dead now but um the stories of her running away from the indian school is actually why i would run away from shelters why i would not like why i would refuse to stay in these bad places and let them abuse me have um, you heard about so, your, gran- your mom or your grandma and you thought no yeah i know that, i know I'm that not, like it's that rebel in my blood um, I wish it was. I wish it was like a runaway slave story, because then I could just make it easier. Because here in America, everyone and their cousin is like, "Oh, my great grandma's Cherokee," um, so you can't say that anymore. But yeah, that's the reason why I would run away. Oh, you stop. Oh, kick me out. I saw the no, I saw picture. <laughs> of you. So, oh yes, I can see you now. Thanks, Wayne. Yes. So on it. <laughs> I have my big old head. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's nice to put a face to the voice, isn't it? Because yeah. I just thought it'd be interesting because you could say, you know. But yeah, it's all right. My, it's very, yeah. very uh, bleached out. Uh, but that's my fault. Um, no, you look lovely. <laughs> lovely picture that is. Nice. Um, but yeah, so here in the States, it's just so weird. And I'm starting to learn, especially now talking to you, that it's the same in Canada. And, and it's apparently the same in the UK, how it's we treat- the same all over the world. That's what I'm like, what? Like exact same it's cookie experience cutter. children and care are going through. That is mad. It's the same communities being targeted in Australia. They're targeting exactly. the Australians and the, like, at what point do we say, hey, um, do we acknowledge the fact that it's actually, and I hate to say it this way, actively white people actively trying to destroy the cultures that they're targeting? Okay, but okay, so now this is where it's funny. Because and not all white people, that, but the government, the system, the system. Yeah, yeah, the system. And it's about acknowledging it because yeah. what's happened is, remember, it, it, like you said, in the 70s or the 80s, it's quite new. So we are the generation that is, is the, the, you know, like the ones that are able to have a voice because yes. the generation, from what I can see, <laughs> the generations before us, you know, they, they, they didn't quite make it. <laughs> I don't know yeah, how to say it, but you know what I mean? The, like, ones, I can't say, I don't want to say the person's name because um, they, they haven't personally spoken to me about being in foster care, but like I met KRS-One. He was a foster kid. Apparently oh, yes, him, the rapper. Kid. Uh, yeah, so when they spoke out, it was in context of other stuff they were doing, but if they would have made their entire thing about foster care, their voices would have never been heard. Their system doesn't want to be put on blast like that. They, okay. There's ways to make us... Yeah, of course not. But it's, t- it's like, this is the t- we're living in a different time now, which is why, even you know, like when I'm hearing your story, I'm kind of thinking, wow, okay, because you wouldn't hear, you wouldn't, you wouldn't see people having a conversation like this five years ago yeah. through technology. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so. it's. I I felt like I had to speak up, um, and I should have. I should have spoken up a long time ago. Um, once I graduated college and like I was being paraded for governors and stuff, I should have started really speaking about the foster system, not as a fundraising thing for the group homes like I was doing, but saying- Oh yeah, being the, the token stuff, though, I you mean? Token. You spend a lot of time oh, yeah. being the token. Paraded yeah. around, speeches everywhere. Hey guys, I'm a foster kid. You should give us money. Yay. Yeah, been there. I'm, I'm so cute. Uh, no, I should have been telling the reality of it, but- no, but you- um, you can, what it is, what I've learned is time is everything and we are not in control of that. And even though you say, oh, should have, should have, should have, it wasn't the right time. Just like well, it wasn't, wasn't for KRS or whatever his name is, KRS-One, yeah? Um, yeah the, re- the reason I'm speaking now is yeah. um, recently here in the States, a little boy was, a 16-year-old boy was killed in a group home using mm-hmm. the restraints that were used on me and my friends every day 
multiple times a day for and his offense was um i believe he threw a, a piece of government cheese like a the american cheese on, i'm pretty government sure you guys don't have cheese i'm finished <laughs> <laughs> i call it government cheese because that's the cheese blocks i used to give in the welfare uh, i love it i need to spend like the day with these hoes i'm done um, so he, he threw a piece of cheese and they restrained him and they suffocated him and he died and i felt like if oh, i would have said something if I would have said something 10 years ago, that kid might be alive. If I would have pointed out that they restrained us, not for getting violent and crazy, but for my first restraint was actually for talking, not out of, con- out of control, but just talking to another girl who was new. And the staff member this, in this instance was a racist. And so she ignored the fact that the white girl that I was talking to was talking and decided to t- give me a timeout and then restrain me. Um, uh, you, don't even, you, just, uh, you know one thing, We've, this is what's so weird because, um... I find that the, the times that we're living in now, everything's kind of lots of stuff that people don't normally talk about or, do you know what I mean? Things that have been happening in society, people are now starting to address everything and it's all yes. coming out. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's, it's really weird because what you're making me, rem- you're making me remember lots of stuff. <laughs> like, <this laughs> I'm like sorry. Trigger, 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 trigger. Yeah. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. But luckily I've already done my counseling and started my healing journeys and things like that. So I'm able to process differently now does that make sense yes um but what i'm saying is for people who have never been in care um young people like you know like in south wayne you've never been in care have you no no like, I, you never I, know I, people's I, stories so, some people yeah that's the thing to, to me i'm just uh, like shocked i'm just shocked i'm like is this See, what happens that's what i was going to say because you can't you know, like you can't get your mind around to think that a, like an adult would strangle yeah. or suffocate a child for no yeah. reason. Yeah, it's so evil. It's pure evil. But, and and like... this is this is the thing, like I saw it. And when I was, and this is what like, this is what I, I believe. Like you see children that basically are exposed to evil from a young age. Yeah. If you don't crack up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then you are here for a reason. <laughs> Does that make sense? Because it's and not its not a joke. I, 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 I get where you're coming does. from. Do you get what I mean? Like, I know, I haven't been experienced yeah. what you've experienced, but I know what you've been through. I can imagine, because basically you're the child then that would have been the naughty child. That's what this is, yeah? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I was naughty because I was a joke. Yeah. You guys have Joel witnesses over there? Oh yeah. I was witness, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was everywhere. Jehovah's Witness, and so my naughtiness became was me refusing to Lord pray. help you. I refused to <laughs> pray. The, 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 <laughs> there was like a serenity prayer, the, the AA one. God grant me serenity to respect to things, blah 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 blah. They wanted me to say that at every uh meal, and I refused to because I was Jehovah's Witness. You can't say these kinds of prayers. And so that they refused to feed me if I didn't say the prayer. And then the next part was they tried to implant. Do you know what a nor plant is? Uh, the the tubes they put into your arms for birth control it's like five years yeah, it yeah, yeah. sterilizes you for yeah. five years well at 13 years old they tried to force me to get one they were making everyone get one and a, a lot of my friends were having them like explode in their arms and stuff and really? I refused to get that um I was like no I'm not doing this I'm I'm not I'm 13 I'm a virgin I don't have sex I'm a Jehovah's Witness I'm a good Jehovah's Witness girl I want to grow up and get married and have it's six kids smart. and I'll never have sex before too them. vocal <laughs> Too vocal yes. and too smart. Too vocal. So yeah. you're too just smart. a problem. <laughs> yes. You're and the problem. That landed me in jail. Yeah. I ended up in a mental hospital. Um, within like 24 hours of getting put. I've been in jail multiple times. 
girl this times. is a bad girl i'm telling you yeah. this is what i'm saying like she was the, the naughty rebel. girl <laughs> and this, i know that this it was not her fault it's not her fault trust me the, the trust first me. time i was in jail was for well one time i went to jail it was my fault but the first time i went to jail was for playing baseball and the bat flew out of my hand and it hit a kid who was uh, special needs and the teacher who didn't like me um i spit her on his charges. car yeah, oh, he convinced the kid to press charges, even though at first the kid was just like, oh, no, Koya, I understand. You're my friend. And then the teacher told him that, no, I didn't like him and I hated him and I did it on purpose. Yo. Oh, for that. Um, teacher. That's a teacher. It was That's a teacher. teacher. Was you a have teacher. to fight adults in, 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 when you're in care. Your enemies start young and they're not children. They're they the are girls. never children. You're fighting big and I'm not talking normal. Imagine the mental health of these adults. If they're going to attack, if they spend their time, like, you know, their hobby is to antagonize a child mm. who cannot defend itself. Could you imagine the level of oh. mad people that you have it's, to combat? It, it's people who have no control over anything it's else in their crazy. life. And so they take control over the kids and torment yeah. the kids because they have no control. They have Power nothing. trips. Yeah, it's, it's all bad. I, I don't know how trip. I survived. I'm telling you, and you've just reminded me so many things that I've had to go through because I've forgotten a lot. The second <laughs> time I went to jail, was throwing the back. You know what I mean? Just so I can get on with my life. Better. But what was the second time you went to jail? <laughs> the second time I went to jail was for throwing a boot at a girl who had previously, but not in that instance, called me an N-word. Uh, and so I like with my boot and threw it at her and knocked her in her face. I almost went to boot camp uh, for doing that. That boot camp is like military, uh, military punishment. Yeah. Uh, where you have to basically be like you're in boot camp for the military, but as mm. punishment for months. And um, the judge, the very first judge was going to send me there for what well, this is technically my first offense. I threw a boot at a girl who called me a bad name. Um, but luckily, um, when we came back to court, it was a different judge and it was actually Judge Hatchet from the TV show. Um, and she uh, told me I can just go home. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, was you on TV then? Did you know? No, I wasn't on TV, but this is before she became the TV judge. Okay. But uh, <laughs> my story actually has a lot of people before they were famous, I guess you could say. Uh, some fa- uh, uh, one, of the, one of the staff members at one of my shelters was Nicki Minaj's manager, uh, Deborah okay. Antney. Um, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure Nicki Minaj is actually this girl from my shelter. I can't say the girl's name for confidentiality. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I'm not, I'm I wouldn't be surprised. Positive. I wouldn't be surprised because remember she was her house got burnt down, didn't it? So yeah. she had to live somewhere when her dad burned down the mom's house. I'm not sure for. I'm not positive. But I know uh, Miss Anthony. Anika is that name? Anika. Uh, no, the girl's name was. It sounded like Minaj. That's all I will say. <laughs> but it was not that. It wasn't that. So it's possible that I'm just like connecting two things that aren't the same. But yeah. uh, I know Miss Anthony adopted this girl whose name sounded like Minaj and this other girl from our shelter. And then all of a sudden we hear about Nicki Minaj and it's like, wait a minute, did you make her famous? Are you guys from where? Are you guys from the same city then or something? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know much about Nicki Minaj. Um, I know Deborah Anthony. She, 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 she was a staff member at our shelter. Um, she's one of the ones who told me that they wouldn't let me go to school because they didn't have to um, mm. because I was 16. At this point, it's like way into my story and I'm 16 years old. And I'm back in a different foster system. This one's Fulton County. And mm. there's this horrible shelter where pimp, pimps could come on campus and just take girls. Um, and we were stuck. But in, you don't know about like, all of that the life there anyway. weren't allowed to go <laughs> to school then, won't you? Uh, uh, I'm lost for words, man. I don't know about this. Like, this is, 
And see how she just Basically. rolls it off the tongue like, like you it, get oh, yeah, the pimps just come in and just grab the girls. <laughs> Crazy. 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 Man. I say this stuff with such ease, like it's normal. I'm sorry, but that's yeah. what life was like. Yeah, the for you, it's normal though, but for you know, okay, I, I complain because I had just my mum there, obviously, and I was like, oh man, I could just got mum, my dad was never there, you know, typical. And I complain, I didn't have a good childhood, but now I'm humbled. I'm absolutely humbled. Oh, oh, listen, but you know, like, this is what it is. It's because it's weird. Like, everyone lives their own world, isn't it? And mm. we all dealt different cards. So, like, for instance, when I used to meet children that were quite privileged, you know what I mean? Like, that had mom, dad, yeah. aunties, Christmas, you know, <laughs> presents, like, I went random to family University. friends buy them stuff. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Do you know what I mean? Um, I went I to Emory to jealous them. I, I was going to say, I understand the privilege because I went to Emory here in Georgia. Um, that's like the equivalent of going to, not Oxford, maybe St. Andrews. And, and that was actually our sister school in uh, Scotland. Um, so imagine that kind of prestige and you're just like a foster kid in I've that, been, I've, oh, that's in that realm. They, and this is what I don't understand about the system because I noticed that they do that, right? They put you in very privileged environments and, and then they kind of monitor to see how you, you act. And then they put you in very you know like poverty stricken environments and you know what I mean I noticed that here that it's happened to me quite a lot do you know what I mean I'm thinking yeah <laughs> going here, mad do you know what I mean like, am I gonna be rich or not <laughs> actually oh my gosh so the system didn't do this to me but I did this to myself I would run into people random strangers who would let me come live with them and I swear I swear I lived with everyone from like a meth addicted stripper to an Olympic gold medalist or maybe he got the silver um, in like a million dollar house to learning my learning to drive on a brand new four Mustang convertible and then begging for uh, change to ride the bus to get motel rooms. Like that was like these weird dichotomies of my life just going for four years. You're a little bit more gangster than me though. Like you were out there. You were yeah, out there. Gangster. <laughs> you did a business. <laughs> I, think, I think she had to be though, and it? She had yeah, to be. I love it. It's, it's, to me, it shows me that you know when I was growing up I'm not gonna lie I used to think I was the only child even though in your situation you was but I was when you're in foster home remember you're closed in so yeah it's not the same as no, the like, world you, get me? you think you're just the only one going through it which makes you then be very embarrassed you don't tell anyone like I remember you seem to lie and just I, mm -hmm. I had the most elaborate lies <laughs> I used to believe them just about my family and stuff like that oh my gosh but, um <laughs> Tell me one you know lie, I'll tell you one of mine. Is that your mom? Tell me one of your lies, and I'll tell you one of mine. I just want to, I just okay. want to compare lies because I lied a lot. <laughs> yeah, we just become good at this shit. You know, I have to be a good girl when I got older because I had to just get all the badness off me. Okay, I'm waiting for the lie. All right, let me I'm waiting for the lie. One. Okay, so my main one, when guys used to ask me where my mom was, I used to say that she's. She's doing she's doing um life in jail. What? Killing a man. Oh Yo. my god, you lied down. Yeah, we tried to rape her, so she murked him, bro. And she's that's, doing life. Yeah, that's hardcore. She come out to get me. <laughs> that hurts. Oh my god. That hurts. Yo. Okay. That's what so, I used to say. It used to work. 
I want to know if Craig <laughs> can top that, man. I don't know, man. That, that's killer. I can't top that one, but I can I can do a two part. So one of my lies, I was in the I was in jail, and they kept asking me why I wanted to be white, why I was so white, why I didn't know anything about black culture. And I just started speaking an Australian accent and said, I'm not white. I'm <laughs> Aboriginal. I mean, I'm not black. Oh, I'm yeah. Aboriginal. I'm from Australia. And um, not everybody in the world is African. And I was That's a good nothing one. but an Australian accent. And um, when they asked like me to prove it, I was like, I had this like big birthmark on my leg, like that had surgeries and all this stuff. It's like mangled. And I was like, yeah, this is from a shark bite in Sydney. Yo. <laughs> when in, when in. <laughs> Actually, you know, we had a, we had a um, show a couple of weeks back about um, black people wanting to be white. And uh, yeah, that was a very interesting story for us. That was actually, funnily enough, one of the shows that I spoke to Nigel and he wasn't very happy about it. Because um, he, he swore blind that he never wanted to be white in his life. And I was like, trust me, if you was raised in Europe or America where white is right and supremacy and privilege is there, yes. at some point you wanted to be white. But he said, no, nah, I never wanted to be white. I was like, nah, man, even I wanted to be white. And I'm probably like, I'm not pro-black, but I'm really, really proud to be black. No, but you know what, Diane? I'm telling you, let me tell you what I've been, because I remember when I was three, I lived in Western Supermare, and this is before there was no, I, can't, I couldn't remember what my mum looked like, so I'm the only, you know what I'm saying? Like, all I yeah. know is white at this time of my life. And I remember going to these parties, you know, where they mm. go, with a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and a, 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 like, if you know, like, they have these proper, like, it's almost like, um, you know how black people have family reunion? Yeah. White people have these dinner parties. Yeah. Like, you must know, yeah? So I think we used to have to go to these dinner parties, right? Obviously, with the, in Western Supermare, where, the, you know, like, this is white land back in the 80s. And I remember them saying, oh, you've got nigger children. And they knew that we were obviously adopted because it's like, it's, wow. why else would they be here? So mm. it was like, we were like poked and prodded. And for that reason, I didn't want to be white. Do you know really? what I mean? Because it was just like, I remember looking at looking and thinking we're different, but because they haven't treated me like I'm the same. Do you understand what I mean? It just it was just a weird feeling. I was only young, but I remember I didn't want to be white, but I just didn't understand. I, I didn't want to. I didn't understand my blackness. You know, like how I am now. Like I know I'm a black woman. Yeah, you don't want to be different. It's not. I mean, that's what it is. You don't want to be different, and it. No, but some kids. No, some black people want to be white. Like my daughter said to me when she was really young, like. I wish I was white. I wish my skin was white because I took her out of a black school and put her in a white school, mm. right? So yeah. she she felt like that, and I had to really explain to her and realize, okay, I need to tell her about her skin, her hair, and really go in with her cultural knowledge now, so she understands who she is and loves mm. herself. But um, yeah, so I get it. Some people just just want to be white. They just yeah. don't, they know it's, about black people I think, and they don't well, care. I think I think there's a difference between wanting to not be different which is a lot of kids like they'll yeah. say it'll come out with i would i want to be white because white is the normal yeah the, that's what's the, the expected yeah um, and it's something yeah. that every like i have um friends who are of southeast asian descent um who wanted to be white as well like you just don't want to be picked on for what is different about you and so you want to become something that's not picked on and yeah. for me i remember um as I had a friend tell, like, the first N-word joke I ever heard uh, was from one of my best friends. And in that moment, I just didn't want to be Black. I didn't want to be white. I just... Oh, God, I'm Black. This this sinking... Because the joke ends with, um, it's a pig and a rabbit. 
and uh, the, they're a blind pig and a blind rabbit and they feel each other to tell each other what they are because they don't know. And the rabbit is like, you have fluffy ears and a cotton tail, you're a rabbit. And then the, mm. the rabbit feels a pig and the pig has bristly hair, big lips and a big butt. And then the mm. pig starts crying and the rabbit's like, why are you crying? Cause and the pig says, I'm an N word. Um, and that was told me by my best friend yeah. who had yeah. zero, she had zero understanding about why I was hurt. And she was like, you're not black, you're chocolate. And chocolate has milk in it and milk is white. So you're white. Yeah, I had, um, <laughs> I had um, people used to be like, ah, oh, I'm an I'm a N word in the dark. And I hate N word and man, <laughs> oh, man oh, oh, I can't believe you, man. I, I had, um, that that in school, all my friends up until I was about 12, that was their daily vocabulary, man. That was their daily language. How Where was this? I was in Birmingham. Really? Yeah, man. Hardcore Birmingham. But I, I used to have the most racist friends. <laughs> well, that only got, you know, conscious to me after when I was like, yo, my friends were racist. I had friends like with a master race. I remember friends saying to me, yeah, with a master race. Uh, not- I used to get called pubic hairhead. Uh, no, um, but your friends were cued up at never- 12. I yeah, don't yeah. even know about Master White, white, white privilege is, is deep, man. Trust me, they know. What, what area they, was that? That was, that was when I was, the Master Race, all that stuff came when I was in there. I had people asking me, why do I like to date white girls and stuff like this? I was like, this is the only girls available at the moment. You know, I was living in rugby, so there weren't no black girls. I was like, there's no other girls around. Who should I date? You know, <laughs> one black girl was around. She was taken all the time by the other black guy, you know. <laughs> The one black girl, you know, oh, really, there was one black girl. We all liked her, but she was always she. she I don't. She didn't seem to be interested in us, but uh, she was never available. <laughs> so it was like, yo, we have to, you know, we have to. We we'll we fight for scraps. Oh <laughs> yeah. God! I, can't. I did have my friend who told that joke apologize to me. She read the. Um, I have a blog. Well, I'm writing a book, and then part of the part of writing the book, I'm putting blog excerpts up on my excerpts up mm. on my website. Um, and so I talked to her about it beforehand because it portrays her negatively. And she read up. She read it, and she was like, "My dumbass. I know my dumbass says some shit like that. I am so sorry. I am mortified." <laughs> um, I because that's her now, but because back then she didn't really even know because she had only been in that environment um yeah. most of my friends were from backwoods nowhere georgia where white was the only thing and the only time they really interacted with black people were probably some drug addicts you were probably drug addicts because their life had been spent in boondock nowhere georgia yeah <laughs> um, I, I have a similar experience but i find that um, with me what i find is you see if you are not black because it's not just white the, in, the i find i found asian uh racist people and chinese like in, in spanish you know like sure. different races can be racist towards each other. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah. How I sum it up is if I know that you're literally, you have no clue. So like, I know that this is the first time you've even bloody seen a black person. I don't even feel offended. And I'm not, even, you know what I mean? I'm not offended when they mm. just say dumb shit. <laughs> Do you get what I mean? Because I'm just like, you don't know any better. But it's the ones like, you see the whole, we're the master race. That would have had me in my feelings. I'm like, you've done research and you've come to tech. Okay. Master race, you know, master. master you know race. what I mean? Like that would have got me. But um, I remember when I was at school, cause I went to a school in Litchfield cause I was in care. So we had, I had the privileged pick of the schools and stuff like that. So I got sent to Litchfield. And I remember when I was in year seven, I didn't acknowledge, I didn't understand like there's different types of racism. Does that make sense? So the girls that I'll be talking to, the Irish girls are pulling me away from them, like, I'll chat to her. And I'm like, why? They're like, she's 
racist. I'm like, she hasn't said anything racist. They're like, she's racist. Just come, just, oh, you know what I mean? Like, I was, gotta trust them. <laughs> yeah, like it's the white white people protected me from other white people. Hello, oh, sure. <laughs> that's what went and down you, for me. Um, but I remember. You didn't have to. Sorry to cut you. I was gonna say. Um, I remember no, when they'd had that conversation with their families because with me, I think. Whatever they were told that black people are not intelligent and that we're savage and mm. yeah, you know, like there's no order. So when I came into the classroom, I was naughty. So I think I ticked the box on that one. Yeah, I was naughty <laughs> and I was a handful, but I was intelligent. I was always like the, the top of the class or second or third, top three for everything all the time. And I remember them coming up to me to be like, "You're in like you're smart. Like I can't believe you're smart. I'm going to tell my mom." And I, that's when I was just like, what are you talking about? And then after about two weeks, when they got comfortable, so by the time I'm in like year nine and they know that I'm not going to beat you up, you're safe. Yeah? Based off, it's real talk, bro. Until they know you, you're not going to beat them. They ain't trying to talk to you. <laughs> I had to think, I had to make them want, I had to make them think I was going to beat the hell out of them. Because so it, it got to where, it got yeah, to where they were it. So Don't bad. get it. No, I know what you mean, but with me. I stepped on some girl's neck. <laughs> what? <laughs> She said I was ugly and couldn't get the ugliest boy there. And so I pushed her out of the chair and stepped on her neck and was like, say something else, bitch. Yo. Um, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't going to do that. You know, you know, you know, you've been throwing hands from day. Who <laughs> we got on this podcast? <laughs> I, did, I did. But here's the thing. Like, you have to understand, like, if there was a female version of Carlton Banks, that is me. Um, beyond... Uh, Carlton Banks, Steve Urkel, nerdy girl, and I'm having to do this because she was so extra and constantly trying to, one time she tried to make me clean up her poop, like straight up from the help. Um, She got other girls to say that I pooped on the toilet, and she did, and luckily a black staff member was like, no, Quay is not cleaning that, and um, but this is how far that girl was going. She's just like tormenting and tormenting, tormenting me. And I had to finally make her afraid wrong. of me. <laughs> she tried to bully you and it went wrong. But I went yeah, through well, it. And- it was that typical mean girls, Regina George stuff. And it gets to the point where it's like, you know, I grew up in Decatur. And if you're going to bully me, you need to have like some kind of physical intimidation because just words ain't going to mess with me. But I'm going yeah, to That was me when I was in That was it. Because I was like, you know, when they try to bully you, you're just looking at them like, oh like, God, you have to see my color, yeah? <laughs> Like, you, you do, do know that that ain't gonna work. <laughs> I used to be so cheeky because I'd be like, oh God, I'm gonna have to beat you up like this. <laughs> and it's so weird. But I had some beautiful, I had some beautiful, you know what though? On the flip side of that, I saw the difference for my friends and family and my, that didn't go to white schools and didn't have that additional side of life. And do you know what I mean? Because I, what that made me realize from a young age is that racism is um it's like it's not you know like as black people we always like anti everybody's racist white people are racist. Do you know what i'm saying like yeah we're just frightened because we've, we've been through so much shit so i'm not even sorry but i am but do you get what i'm saying right but my point is i realized from a young age it's not and the whole when you turn around and tell yourself that the whole white race is racist you're messing yourself up because it's yes. not and you can't move forward like with my friends, because obviously I was the only black girl, either way, they couldn't move forward without me and I couldn't move forward without them. Mm. And because of that, we had a beautiful bond. Does that make yeah. sense? Because yeah. our differences yes. and 
when I saw that that's how obviously God created race so that we could work together, not that we could fight each other and flipping hate each other. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what I saw. So now when I see people, I don't, if, even if they come racist, I just think you're just, you're just unintelligent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. not about your colour. You're just actually stupid and I will deal with you on your <laughs> intelligence, not because <laughs> you're white. <laughs> I, I find myself having to constantly defend um, here in uh, here in the states, especially now with all of the MAGA and Trump and stuff like that. Oh, anyone God. who is the worst part of this is anyone who is poor and white is now uh, and have always actually been predict predict. Sorry, I don't speak well. Um, they've always been yes, depicted. You do. <laughs> <laughs> they, they've always been depicted as these like racist inbred yokels who are dumb and don't know anything. And I'm constantly having to I'm say, no. I love this slang, this new slang that I'm learning. It's brilliant. <laughs> what did you call it? Sorry. Uh, racist inbred yokels. Like yokels. the slack jump. <laughs> um, so they were depicted as that and everyone's presented as that and I have to constantly be like no my friends aren't like this in fact I get more racism by you well-educated wealthy middle-class white people than I ever got hanging out in the middle of the boonies with a bunch of like oh yeah dropouts white kids, like- white kids in, the, in the ghetto listen don't mess about with our white kids in the ghetto that's just their <laughs> different breed you know already they're a different breed do you know what I mean like, oh, not, they're not, they're not ghetto. white uh, what is in, what's the equivalent in Europe? The countryside? Um, yeah, we have the countryside is like the suburbs. Okay, so that's the suburbs. Where do you talk about when you're really far away from the city, where it's just like farmers? It's a village. Rural, village. Yeah, rural villagers here. I have to defend my friends who are from these rural areas um, because everyone assumed that if you're not from the city and you're not well educated, you're racist. And I'm like, you know what? I've had more racism as a scientist um, than I ever had hanging out in, in farm burning silos and uh, <laughs> trying to find magic mushrooms in the boonies. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's just got their own their own isms and schisms now. Because even myself, because I went to white schools, like I said, I made it a massive point that I needed to come into the ghetto. Well, I didn't want to come to the ghetto, but I needed to come around my community because I felt like I didn't know do you know what I mean? Enough yes. about my community, and I didn't fear my my like black people because I knew I was black. I was raised with, like I said, my foster parents were proper old school Spanish town, Tree Mile, Kingston, Yardies. There was no in between, and it didn't raise me Western. What's a Yardie? Oh, Yardies like Jamaican, <laughs> Jamaican but okay. freshy. So okay. you know the English is broken, like they're just just raw. A ghetto Jamaican. Yeah, the BBC with all the colours and the There's only so much slang I pick up from BBC. (laughs) Yeah, but this is, and so that saved me and and I do give thanks for that because when I went into white environments, because I was raised by Yardies, I was blacker than, do you know what I mean? I still, I had culture in myself. So I'll be going to school with bun and cheese and handing it out and making everyone eat it and (laughs) saltfish fritters. Yeah, you know what I mean? Jerk yeah. chicken and everything. I don't know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> and that's actually, wait, that's actually why I approached him of, um, what's your name again, sir? I'm so sorry. Wayne. Wayne, Wayne or Astalia. That's why I approached Wayne is because um, it was to talk about um, that disconnect from the black community, that um, why we need black foster parents. Um, I'm sorry, take it back to a serious thing, but- you No, no, I love it. Um, mm-hmm. So I was very much the opposite 
Um, while I didn't, I had two black foster parents. They lasted for like two weeks because I'm not going to lay in a cot and have spiders crawl on me and be told I can't go to school. I'm not doing that shit. So I would run away and I found these white people who would take me in. It was always white. Well, there was one black lady and she tried to take me in when I was 13, but she had, um, at the time I was told that if she helped me at all, um, by other people that she could go to jail, her kids could be put in foster care. Yes. I bring a runaway. Um, so I went with these white people and all of a sudden I'm 16 years old and I'm having to answer for stuff like, well, why can black people say the N word, but white people can't and, and having to, uh, have, uh, literally defend the white side of everything because you want to stay you want to stay in the home you're at and so one thing that I had and this is like the worst conversation is I'm sell basically selling out of like my family and talking about oh yeah they were all welfare queens and welfare is blah 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 and black people just need to get their stuff together not a black child having to say this stuff yeah. not because I believe it to make you self-loathe self-loathe yourself Oh, I didn't self-loathe. I just want to be clear. I didn't self-loathe. I had to say this stuff because I didn't want to be sleeping on the park bench the next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know oh. I know what you mean. I, I had yeah. the opposite. So I was told that you love white people too much and they're going to wrap up dude yeah. and give it to you in quality and, streets. And, and so... <laughs> and and like, like, <laughs> yeah, I used, to get, I used to get the opposite. I went to school and like you did um, in a white, very white areas once I was in foster care when I was allowed to go to school, uh, went to Riverwood in Sandy Springs, Georgia, which at the time, uh, he, now it's very diverse, but back then it was all white and maybe some Bosnians, um, wait, w- a lot of immigrants, Bosnian immigrants, Serbian immigrants, Russian immigrants, anyone who came over from the Slavic wars in Europe uh, had like small communities. So it was diverse, but it was also still almost all white. Um, mm-hmm. with like a, maybe 13% of black kids. Um, so I had this like very unique experience of like every, all of my friends were white. All of the people I knew were white. The only adults who were nice to me were white because of mm-hmm. course the black adults, I didn't understand it. They were just joning. They were just joking around. When they're making fun of me, I took that to heart and it really hurt my feelings. And mm-hmm. then coming out of college, like in college, all my friends were actually Chinese, um, but <laughs> still not black. Um, I had one black friend in college and she was actually like me where she was a very suburban black girl. So would um, you say that it's uh, shaped wait, your relationships that you're built, you've built now as an adult? No, having... I mean, it, I have no relationships because it gets to a point where you have to have, Black people are very much about their culture. Um, and when you come like Carlton Banks into a room full of Black people and they're all talking about something that you have no idea, no concept of, they, they've they been there, you're, girl. You're out. I yeah. You. Um, I, I, I I had one chance to make a black friend at the shelter and we were talking about, um, you got, you look really young, um, but it was like Master P. Um, and I was in one- I know I look home. young. I yeah, so we're- I'm not cracking yet. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not sure if this is gonna go over your head because you look really young, but Master P was really big at the time. And yeah, I know so Master P. He was my one reference to it. And so I'm at the group home and this girl's like, yeah, what kind of music do you listen to? I'm like, yeah, I like Master P. He's really cool. Um, yeah, Master P. And she's like, do you like mystical? I'm like, yeah, she's awesome. And she looks at me, the girl looks at me, she's like, mystical is a man. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> <trying to> <laughs> and that was the last time I had a black friend. Um, so Yo. this loss of culture. Oh it, my uh, god, that was. Uh, you see what I mean? The trauma. You don't want to be embarrassed, but about knowing. You see what? You see how life is. Now, funny you should say that. My trauma with the black thing was the MC Hammer thing. So I moved oh. from the white family to the black family during MC Hammer days. So I missed it because <laughs> I was moving. 
<laughs> so then when I've got to this black house, everyone's doing the running man. And I'll never forget it, you know. And everyone's like, can you do it? And I'm like, do what? Well, my life was over. Who told me to say It's done. I couldn't I couldn't booty shake and like same same for me I couldn't booty shake I'm just sitting there like um there's this like gif of that girl from um from oh gosh it's a cartoon and a little girl is trying to a white girl is trying to booty shake um and that was me um Bob's Burgers so it's like the girl from Bob's Burgers trying to booty shake and that's that's what I looked like and the girls just roasted me I've been there but you know what, we, you know, you've got to go through it, don't you? And most of the things that I was embarrassed about when I was a kid, I laugh about so hard now. Yeah. Do you know Those what I experiences. mean? I swear down, but I did, I know the feeling because it's traumatic when, and this is another thing actually, and I might have to say this because it's live. Black people, we need to be aware that our culture is so strong that if you are trying, like when a child has no knowledge of the black culture and you go straight into it, it's such a shock. It's a you know, massive shock. You know what I would also say, though, to add on to that, is if you do happen to end up going into a white family, it's important that the white folks who adopt you make the black, like, discover the black culture too, because it's no point yeah. being in the white family and trying to raise a white person, uh, sorry, a black person as a white person, because that's not going to work, is it? It's no, only going to get you no. so far up before the black yeah, guy realises... They need realizes, to be culturally aware. Oh, Go and do your research, find out how to came roll the hair... And the thing is, when I was with the white family, we were going to stay there because, to be honest with you, I'm not going to lie to this day. I still remember them. It was the most peaceful time of my life. And the reason being, because they didn't have poverty and everything. I remember everything had a time. And you know when you're that child that can go up to your own flipping routine and be like, oh, I know what I'm doing at 25 past two. Like, and I was when I when I think of it, I thought I was about six because of where, how intelligent I was when I realized that I was two I was like I was two doing all of that and then when yeah. I came to the black family and I was so independent they pulled I us was. back and they were like what are you think you're doing you, you're not a big woman in here and I'm like so we had a massive battle because we came from if we saw toys on the tv we could look at those toys and go I want that I and by next week we'd have it yeah yeah. But it wasn't because had, we were spoiled. Um, it was a development toy. Do you understand what I mean? Like it would, it wouldn't be given to us because yeah. we asked for it. It would be given to us because we had to earn it. Does that make sense to get it? But it would be that toy that we pointed at, not the the no frills version. The, yeah, the cheap version. Well, that breaks up. You get it open. It. You get me. And when we went to the black people, oh my god, the culture <laughs> shock. And the culture shock. Listen, they thought we were snobs. They were like, what kind of coconut children is this? Yeah. Because we were like... I, wait, coconut? Oh, <laughs> coconut. coconut. Yeah, you know what we I mean? We call Oreo like, here. White on the inside, black on the outside. Because we were yeah, just like... We say, we say Oreo. <laughs> Oreo, yeah, yeah, that would do, yeah. Yeah, I heard Oreo now. We got in here. But yeah, we call it Bounty or Coconut. They used to call us, man. Coconuts. But I tell you, I went through it. Went through it, and I remember, like, so when I grew up, I made that decision as that young that when I'm a mother, I'm going to give my children a balance. I was like, I'm not going to be like, because I'm black, you can't have. Because it's not like, do you know what I mean? There were times where they had the money. It wasn't a poverty issue because I remember social services were like, what do they want? Just give, send us the fee. And they would deliberately not give it to us. (laughs) I, mean, like, I think it's like teaching that... you to be humble. 
Yeah, yeah. That, that, that there's a there's a level they teach us to go out and tea when the money's in the in the, in, in the bank. That could be. A... But then there's also people who just take your money and say like, oh, uh, I need this. Like they'll say, oh, we need this much money because she wants this bike, and then they don't get you the bike. Yeah. <laughs> so like, it's, that, um, it's, me, it's one of the two things. The is, if your children need to steal, there's a problem. Yes, because a child doesn't naturally go and steal. Don't get me wrong; some people are bad, uh, but you know if you're I stealing got some... food. If you're trying to steal my food. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I got a caveat to that because my godsons, um, they are as spoiled as my son. I'm not going to pretend like I don't spoil my kid. If he's ever asked for anything, he gets it because I desperately just have. It's but my complex we have in it. It's a complex yeah, we have. My godsons are the same way. They, they never had to ask for anything and they steal. Like they've been stealing since they were little, and it's, it's to see if they could get away with it. Oh, they're good. They're still good boys, but oh. they, they steal. And then the idea that if your kid is stealing food, that they have to, they might be hungry. That's almost got my godson put into foster care because he was stealing the snacks out of other people's lunchboxes. Yeah. Um, so he would have ended up in foster care for stealing snacks. Wait, they would have put him in foster care for stealing snacks. Yeah. Yeah, they were saying that his mother wasn't feeding him. Because when they well, ask they do, they, they do, they do put it down to that because a child, but what it is, something's missing. Because when a child steals, it just means, the, the, you know what I mean? So they go and yeah. take because they're not getting. It could not be food. It could be something else. But you know, like when you that, take back your control. Yeah, for those. So for my godsons, their dad died, and uh, well, one of he their died. dad died, and the other one is uh, living. So the older one, his dad died, and he's just kind of been slowly rebelling since then. He finally got his stuff together at eighteen. Um, he never like got in trouble with the law, but it's more like I don't have. Everyone fawned over him and gave him everything he wanted, so he just didn't have to behave. He didn't have to be a good boy. Um, and now he's in college and he's doing great. But uh, the younger one, who's the one who almost got put in foster care, followed his big brother's lead and was stealing stuff and was. Uh, and so when the teachers are like, "Why are you stealing these snacks?" He's like, "I'm hungry." Next thing you know, a whole <laughs> no. investigation. He's hungry because the school starts at 7.30 in the morning and the kids ate lunch at 1.30. He's hungry because the school had such a long ass, a long time between mm. breakfast and lunch that he's still in, but yeah. they didn't listen, look at their problem. They looked at, well, he, his mother must not be feeding him. Yeah. And that could have gotten him taken away. Meanwhile, I know plenty. I know plenty of white kids. I had one white friend tell me these stories about how she would go to school and she'd have like a bologna sandwich that her mom would send with her, and that would be what she got for the day. Not because of any other. Not because her mom was intentionally trying to abuse her. They were just that poor. And in the United States, uh, for some reason, they don't like poor single mothers. Screw you. It will take your children from you if you can't do good enough. Um, but he is white. It's really, and- it's really strange, isn't it? That- but he's right in front of the suburbs. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Wait, so uh, for this guy, he was white and from the city. Mm-hmm. And so defects, the system never even looked at him as needing to be placed or needing help. Okay. Whereas a black child who's well taken care of, uh, and this isn't the 80s, this is like 90s, 2000s. Uh, black child well taken care of who steals because it's a long time between lunch and dinner, uh, lunch and breakfast. Yeah. They're well, the way they take them away. It's ticked in, it's ticked in the favor of um, white folks, and it? it's like if you're black, you only have to step one foot out of line and you're going straight through the system. If you're, if you're white, you can do whatever you want, and you'll if be. You're, if you're white and in a wealthy area, because my friends from the from the rural country places, mm-hmm. um, it was bad. It was just as bad. Um, they actually okay. are convinced that the government has been trying to dismantle them um, with like the opioid epidemic that we have here, because um, right. it's hitting oh, the places. Uh, we have a really bad opioid epidemic here in the United States. Opium. 
Yes, and it's hitting uh, rural country, like rural country people. Um, and uh, they're convinced that it's the government trying to destroy them because these are these same people, like, you know, QAnon, you know, uh, you've heard oh, of yeah. these, like, save our children. Oh, yeah. What, there's a root to that, though. What you get is you take that you have the government who takes children for no freaking reason, including mm. these country white kids, like just taking them for no reason. They take the children, they abuse, the children are abused in care. I, I, I can't ex- emphasize enough how much abuse we experience. Um, mm. Rape, and I wasn't personally raped by anyone in the foster system. I was raped while on the streets. Um, but a lot of my friends, especially my country girl white friends, were raped in their foster homes and by foster parents. And the state wouldn't come and get them. They wouldn't take them away. They wouldn't believe them when they said then, anything. You're talking and, to, I know, I'm a survivor. Yeah. And then I, the I'm next... only just now at this big, big age starting to tell yeah. my story. And even then, it's not something that is easy yeah. to tell because, like I said, there's a lot of, there's a lot of <laughs> triggers that happen. Does yeah. that make sense? Like, yeah. It's not, it's not easy, but it's real. It is happening. And um, as I've got older and I've looked, realized where I was, yeah, because when you're in a full care order, it's very different to when you're on a half care order. And I don't know what that means. So full care is where the uh, local authority have got complete, they are your parents. Okay. Parents have no rights. Yeah. So if gotcha. they want to send you to another country, if you go missing, no one's looking for you. No one's, no one looked for <laughs> us. Uh, Basically, and that's one, the, yeah. that's one of the reasons I, why QAnon, yeah, that's one of the reasons um, why those QAnon places and stuff exist because you know they abuse the kids in the system. They put them, they get them hooked on. No, all I'm these trying to tell drugs. you, is this um, like okay? Let me let me. Oh, this, 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 oh my god, there's things I want to say that I can't say. Oh, like, you don't even let me finish. Let me finish the one point though. Let's talk about the QAnon thing. I'm hold interested on. in that. Let me just finish this one point. And so after they're like abused and stuff in the system, they're then either shipped to prison to be further abused while they're young boys, like 14, 15, 16 year old boys going to adult jail or or girls who are thrown into the street, or in my case, like this, or in the case of the shelter where the pimps could come on campus. And so you got the sex trafficking part. And then when it's all so that's right, done, you know, way, yeah. I know you're looking thinking it's, and, it's real, real, real. But, but here's the crazy <laughs> part when all that's done, they throw you away at about 17 so they don't have to pay yeah. for your college. Yeah, um, you're, um, what's the, um, when you're 17, you're a care leaver, then you're meant to have the aftercare period. But if yeah, you're a bad child, started, you'll never get it. You'll never get oh, it. If you're a good if you child. Were, if you're a good child or a child that they feel that they can control or you tick boxes. So I was a unless they want child. To steal, unless you're a girl who gets pregnant, like stateside, unless you were a girl who got pregnant about 16 or 17, they would throw you out. They would keep you if you were 16 or 17 so they could steal your baby. They actually stole one of my friends' I was going to say to you um, now, really? I got pregnant when I was 19, so I was still under the local authority. Yeah. Now I stayed with them and they said to me, in England... Because they know how hard your life's going to be. If they say to you, if you get to university, they will pay all your uni fees. Everything, like if you want to go and stay in dorms, if you want to get a mortgage, like, you know, a mortgage on a flat, they don't tell you that. Now that I'm a big woman, I'm realizing what I could have flipping done. But they don't tell you. They don't don't tell tell anybody. They're your parents. So if you want to go and buy and put a mortgage down on a one bedroom flat, they they will help you with that. Do you know what I mean? But, but you have to know. And what they do is they try to make you not want to stay. So I had some blessing angels of um, support, um, social workers along those, you know, the years that I was in care. And the ones that were lovely always shook me and my system was like, go to uni, go to uni, go to uni. No matter what happens, go to uni. Yeah. 
So I had it drilled in my head because they were like, you'll get money when you're 21 that will just keep you going. You need to basically make sure that the system have got you until you're 25. If they drop you before you're 25, you're going to struggle. Yeah. So I stayed on in education. I I saw that they literally, they, what you went through, my sister went through what you went through. She's darker skin than me. She had different treatment to me blatantly because she was darker than me. Yeah. Yeah, um, and she's like you, her temperament's like yours. She can't help herself. <laughs> well, <I'm, laughs> so I'm she was always much- getting. It was just horrible, horrible. I wasn't. I wasn't usually in. Like this is what makes this whole thing worse. But to wrap up the QAnon thing, what they would do is they would throw kids back and send them back to their communities, and they would have no ties. And then all of a sudden, everyone's left to wonder what, why the hell did you take, take our kids? I'm because we're gonna out. beat them to abuse them, abuse them. So that's how QAnon, not QAnon, but that's how the Save Our Children, Pizzagate stuff here in the United States started. Is because mm-hmm. of all of these white rural kids who were abused. Um, yeah that now have no, that have no idea why it happened and they were sex trafficked and um, they believe the government did it in, on purpose. I personally, I don't know. I know there's no pizza parlor with Hillary Clinton running it, but mm-hmm. as far as the government intentionally throwing us into prisons and sending us in the streets to be sex trafficked. Oh, come on. We all know this. Definitely I knew it when I was a kid. <laughs> I knew that there's, that there's more to this than meets the eye. I could yes. see it. Right, the, the, um, the social workers, this is what I'm trying to tell you. They can't tell you because they'll lose their jobs, but they try to tell you little things. Mine totally to did. Get it. My, case, my caseworker, I, I almost got arrested for stealing lipstick because I wanted to go to a concert. Um, and I was 16. I'd been on the streets already for about eight months. And my caseworker, who I hated and I thought was the worst person in the world, and she just never called me, never did anything. She came to get me. And in her car, without anybody around, she finally said, like, these people are trying to destroy you. Like, she's like, you are falling into what exactly what they want you to do. You're going to end up in Love jail. Her. You're going to be in Love prison. Her. Them uh, are the kind of people that I used to book upon. Yeah, so she's also the, she's job. also the reason I was homeless. So don't love her too much. Um, no, but, but also, this... but you know, when you said she wasn't around, right? I uh, she... found that you know some of the social workers used to leave. You know, yeah, when they, they challenge their bosses. Yeah, they yeah. would get fired. And and she had fifty. Don't kids. do anything because they're just like. <laughs> she had she had fifty kids on her caseload, um, including me, and she was just like. Um, we had our, we bought our heads, but in this case, she finally, cause at the time, a lot of my friends, we were all wondering what was happening. Cause we had all been sent home and we were sent home to homes that were deemed not fit enough for us to live in, in the first place. Um, so friends who were, uh, injecting their mothers with heroin, um, uh, before when they were 10 went back to doing that friends who, what? Uh, yeah, they were sent. I was sent home to my mother who did, my mom just didn't like me and I was a rape baby. So there's a reason she didn't like me. There's this whole story. But at the end of the day, she did not like me. She did not want me. I was sent back home to her and within, um, and we had no food, no, no furniture, no, um, uh, like no clothing, nothing. Like I was in an empty house sleeping on the floor and it's not like she was doing it just to me. She didn't have a bed. She yeah, didn't have she, anything. She was we neglecting were... herself. It sounds like no, no, nasty. she wasn't neglecting herself. This is called poverty in America. It's poverty, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? So could you uh, imagine being a mother? Of course, they're not going to want to look after their children if that's the world that they're going to bring them home to. 
and she and she and she said she didn't want me the the place that was at was like and i wasn't the only one my friend who made that bad joke she was sent back to her mother and within a week she was raped by her babysitter her mother adamantly said i don't want her don't send her back here don't send her back here don't send her back here they sent her back and she got raped um, immediately. And then the state had to open the case. In my case, the day after my 16th birthday, my mother threw me out because 16 in, in the United States, uh, you don't have, your parents don't have to have you living with them. So she threw me America's out. She could get away with it. Man. Yeah, she just away with it legally. Cold. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> it's, 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 it's horrible. Um, but the point of it is, Can is I like, how so old you are, Clay? I am 37, I think. Yeah. 37. Exactly. Are you, you 83 think, born? You, wait, you think you're 37? <laughs> When, when you get to a certain point and you're a woman, you just kind of want to stop counting and people keep yeah, reminding you and I'm, you don't want you them to that. keep counting. <laughs> My son Are you born in 83 or 84? I was born in 83. 83. Same as me with the so, yeah, marriage. crazy. That's mad. <laughs> um, so we're all the same age here, actually. Oh, we? Yay. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, we're young. We're young. You thought you yeah. You look much younger. I, know, yeah, I thought I thought he was like in his like early 20s and that you were like about 25 26 really that's that's, that's the classic the classic isn't it really? I wish. <laughs> yeah I would have said about 31 32 you look to me no I'm staying I want to stay my age I am now man I, can't, I don't want to be young again I don't want that again no I don't I would know. not I would not go be back in my early 20s to save my no, life I mean, I, 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 if I could stay 30 like 35 forever I would totally do that this but not, I would not go back. Hello. Although I would go back to being like 16 because I was a badass. I was so badass that you know when your wisdom teeth come in? Oh, um uh, <laughs> I'm telling no, you. Do you know what? Listening to you, reminding me, this is what I mean. You're like so many memories. Because like you said, I'm a I'm a million mile million worlds away from that, you know, now. And it's weird. I want to hear this wisdom tooth story. <laughs> All right. All right. So my wisdom teeth came in when I was about 16-ish and on the street. And you know, they come in, sometimes they get infected. Yeah. Um, and mine were infected. And I had these like flaps over them that were just like these big pus balls. And I oh. took a razor blade and I cut them out. Ah, oh, I, I don't want to hear the story. <laughs> <laughs> like oh. I was badass. Yo, yo. Oh. I'm, I'm sorry. Everyone I'm, sleeping, is I'm sleeping on buses at the time. You just had to do what you had to do. Yeah, you're you know? a survivor. So have you done counseling and things like this, Clay? What, no. what have you done to heal? I, I have a neuroscience have degree. Did you say zero? Nothing. No, she, has a neuro, she has a neuroscience degree. <laughs> okay. So it, I, go so on. I'm an advocate. Hold on. I'll say this. I'm an advocate for mental health. Um, so you've done your training. Care. So you have uh, you. No, no, no. Um, great. It's it's a it's a oh, here it's gonna I have to explain it. Okay, so in my group homes were locked down mental hospitals where they force fed us drugs and they labeled everyone as crazy, whether or not we were crazy. Um, mm. there's like maybe two kids that were crazy there. All of us, rest of us, were, were normal and being force fed drugs. Um, yeah. I had a I tried to get vote. therapy after my best friend got killed like right next to me um sorry best friend got killed right next to you you can't yeah. just skip past things like that past- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that don't work on black up lips we need to get everything <laughs> i'll tell That's you right. 
I'll tell you that story. So I tried to get therapy after that. And the, and the dude is talking about, tell me about your mother. And I'm like, I'm here because my friend got killed. Uh, so I, 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 I stopped that because I didn't feel like telling someone my life story when I was immediately trying to process a trauma. Um, and then I tried therapy when I was in college and I'm a single mom and my kid had just been diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome and everything was going to hell. I had a 4.0 GPA. And I was supposed to go to college in Scotland in St. Andrews. Um, and I was competing for this thing called the Marshall Scholarship, which is kind of like the Rhodes Scholarship that was like, you can go to Europe. You can go to Europe and study if you want. And I couldn't even compete because my son's dad refused to sign for him to get a passport. So I was like in this like whole mess. And I was in this office with this therapist and she says, Quay, there's not a pill that can fix this. There's nothing I can really do to help you. You're not crazy. You're not maladjusted. Your life sucks. <laughs> Your life sucks. That's it. Yeah. Oh my god. That's your problem. I wasn't expecting that. And she's like, I can there's nothing I can really do to help you. She's like, she's like, anything I could do for you, you are you just you just got the shit end of the stick. Yeah, and she's and she's like, anything I could do for you, you oh, already know because nice. you're getting a psychology degree. Like I have a degree in psychology, I have a degree in neuroscience. I, I went through this whole thing where I had to like do development developmental psychology and differential diagnosis and talking about treat making treatment plans. My son, who was diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome, I actually made the treatment the, the so um, behavioral intervention then. plan. Wait, hold on. I actually made the behavior intervention plan for my kid. So I like you, I didn't need I love that. <laughs> Yeah, so I didn't, uh, when it came down to it, therapy for me doesn't, yeah, therapy for me would be pointless because it's not a matter of healing for me. It's a matter of getting over the constant barrage of garbage that Mm -hmm. I have to keep experiencing as a black woman in the United States. Um, Had I gotten out of college. The trauma. Yeah, it's trauma. And, but it's also like, I got out of college and I was just published some paper about this. Um, I got out of college and immediately- all the racism I really didn't experience hard as a kid, um, I was hit with um, in the in the corporate world and just being. Oh, for God! Yeah, God. I had it's one. Just, it's just relentless. Yeah, I, it, it's an endless thing, and so I think once it's all over, let's say my book gets published, I make a million dollars, and I have a, mil- a minute to stop there and heal and like and actually look and like not be being traumatized. Um, I might have a breakdown and need therapy right now but for right yeah. now it's just my life is sucky no 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 don't say that <laughs> the power is in the tongue if you were going to break down my darling it, you would have broke down when you had to cut the abscess thing out your mouth right mm-hmm. so, oh, no i just thought me, that was cool you're strong and you're strong for a reason uh, when i cut that out i just thought i was being cool i ended up <laughs> no, messing myself up really bad i ended up in the hospital um <laughs> i had infection I everywhere so. it's not a bright say. thing to do <laughs> i thought so at the time it sounded like a good idea you know what you know what, guys no. we'll kind of run a bit longer um okay but i want to get You're very you back. tough yeah she's very tough yeah okay. what i want to do i want to get you back in two weeks can i get you back on Quite. You can get me back in two weeks. I should have a camera, like, uh, at least one functional computer in two weeks, maybe. Yeah, I, I, I definitely want to get you back so we can actually see you as well. I think that'd be great. Um, yeah. Yeah. Can I say one final be... word? Yeah, sure, one sure. Thing? So the whole well, you reason I approached you, unravel this kind of story. The whole reason I approached you, and the reason why I'm trying to find black specific podcasts to speak to, is um, I wanted to talk about the loss of culture and oh, yeah, being yeah. someone who. Uh, was in foster care and the need for black families. Um, Mm -hmm. So if you're listening to this and I know you've heard the stories about um, Laverne, is that right? Yeah. Laverne. 
uh, Laverne growing up with her. Yeah, I'm just starting to share mine. So we're kind of on the same journey, aren't we, Wayne? It's brilliant. But you're a lot more braver than me. Um, I find that uh, American girls are just badass, man. I'm sitting here thinking, (laughs) like Laverne, you thought you were a bad girl, isn't it? We have to be. And this is a real bad girl, yeah? And I respect you and I rate you so much because I know what you I just I've just a tiny bit of what you've been through but I know the mental that you need to have to become who you are now so I'm oh, yeah. saying, you know I respect you so much because I know what, what all the battles that you've had to face and like you're saying you're still facing some do you know what I mean yeah so it, I mean it's, it's keep going because you're giving people like me energy so what I want to say is for anyone who's listening do you know what I mean because um, I'm going hard but I'll go harder <laughs> because I'm seeing that there's other people out okay. there going at going Let, 100 um, Ms. Major, let her finish. <laughs> so what I want to say is for anyone who's listening, and you've oh, heard pardon my I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I, I think we're actually nice. a time, there's actually a time delay. So it sounds like I've yeah, stopped. That's, that's and, what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, I, that's why I've realized a little bit. Um, but for anyone who's listening, if you hear my stories, and if you can imagine okay. that they, they're all still happening to young Black, young Native, young everybody children, foster because while there are I'll always say anybody who will will foster a child whether they're black white Asian whatever they should do that but we need more black foster parents we need for our kids to be enveloped in our culture there and there's been a push there's been a push by Native American communities to get their children back to have their children Mm -hmm. when they're removed to be placed into Native American uh, families there's been a push for Asians to uh, adopt Asian babies from uh from Korea and China so that white people aren't erasing their culture, which is yeah. a really big problem for all of those Asian kids who are adopted by white people. They're yeah. forced to be white and they don't get to learn about what it's like to be be in their culture. The yeah. same thing's happening to black kids, but I don't see the same movement among black people yeah. to push to have our children remain in our community. So I'm asking everyone okay. to foster, adopt. Um, yeah, and really bring home the message that our kids need to stay with us um as much as possible and open your homes and your doors because you'll never know the kind of person who you will get um I am a neuroscientist I have a neuroscience degree and I was just a nerdy kid who wanted to go to school but if you would have looked at me on paper I was a psychopathic apparently a drug user I found I was a drug user at 19 I didn't know I was a drug abuser but okay so on paper I was a IV drug user runaway hooker um and but in reality i was just a nerd who wanted to go to school um none of the stuff they said was true and when you're left when you leave kids to the system that's what you leave them subject to is having a bunch of people lying about them to to cover their own asses essentially and denying them the futures that they deserve and also denying them the culture and that's culture that culture is something you actually can't get back I'm yeah. 37 years old and I'm just, I'm desperately trying to become a part of quote unquote black culture, but there's just so much loss, so many memories I don't have, so many references I don't know. Um, I still can't booty shake. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just please adopt the Don't foster. worry, you can come on my boot camp. When you come to England, I'll teach you how to booty shake. <laughs> <laughs> teach you how to booty shake too. We got, we got all of that, Danny. <laughs> hey, uh, that's, that's, that's a promise. Um, yeah, so like I was saying, Two weeks, we definitely get back on and save the day. You too, Miss Major. So we've got to finish this. Obviously, this is something we can talk about over like seven or eight episodes. Yeah. I think. 
Um, yeah, so in two weeks, I'll send you guys an invite and uh, yeah, we'll make it happen again. We'll continue on the story because we need to hear everything. You know, we haven't even touched the skirt. We haven't even scratched <laughs> the surface. And I think the people have been really... Yeah, you need to ask some questions because I was expecting you to ask some serious questions, some some personal questions. I was waiting for that. Yeah, yeah but, but, but the thing is we could do, but Go we've got five or six hours, you know, and um, I wanted to find out a little bit about Quay, which I didn't even find out that much actually. Yeah, true, so I want to find out true, more. True. Um, so yeah, definitely in two weeks we'll get you back. Or maybe we'll do this over like maybe four or five episodes actually. Get okay. <laughs> All right. Um, got any last messages, um, Quay? You want to promote yeah. anything? Uh, my website, quazy180.com. I'll go there. You can read some of the stories from my insane, 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 but funny childhood. It's not poverty porn. It's not trauma porn. It's actually uh, <laughs> good stories that make you think about society. Um, and then if you like what you read, like me on Facebook, because I'm trying to get a book published. And for some reason, they expect you to be famous before they uh, try to sell your book. <laughs> so ah, help. Rubbish. Okay, good. <laughs> um, really? Yeah, you know how it is, man. If you don't have any people following you already, you, you're nobody. Um, oh, AJ, yeah, you coming up? Major. Major. Major, you got anything coming up? <laughs> She's so cute. No, I've got nothing to say today. <laughs> All, right. All right, guys. Uh, thank, thank you. Nothing uh, to say today, apart from everybody, just stay safe. Yeah, I'm so grateful to have you guys with me. And um, yes, sorry, I'll see there's you guys a time lapse, Wayne. I'm not trying to talk when you're talking. I know. <laughs> I know. <it's... laughs> All right. Good night, guys. We'll see you guys. Remember not to me. like, subscribe, and leave a comment. <laughs> and leave a comment, and I'll see you guys in two weeks. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Okay. Nice bye. meeting you, Craig. It's nice meeting see you, you too, Wayne. Yeah, see bye. you. Bye. bye. bye.